before we open God's word, let's bow our heads to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee that we can come this evening hour and just pray that a blessing would come to all of us, Lord, for taking time out of our busy schedules to come here to Eastern Camp. And Lord, that we can all ask, what's it going to take for us to draw closer to Thee, to draw closer to Thy power to be strong in the Lord? We want to thank Thee, dear Heavenly Father, for who Thou art, that in Thee is so much strength and power. And we would like to tap into that. In Jesus Christ's name we pray this. Amen. For our meditation, would you turn with me in your Bibles to the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 6. 1 Timothy, chapter 6. Beginning with the third verse. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness from such withdraw thyself. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. And they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil." which, while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou hast art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses." I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in his times he shall shew, who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. Probably all of us, to some extent or another, while we've been driving on the road, somebody has either cut us off or done something to us that has slightly aggravated us. And maybe we were driving a larger SUV, and maybe they did break the law pretty expressly. And we, with our large car, could somehow, we had the power. We had the power maybe to run them off the road or do something to them or try to give them a ticket as a, as a uh, regular citizen, a citizen-type arrest. The only problem with that is we lack the authority. We might have the power, we might have the power to do a lot of things, but many times we lack the authority. The new Iraqi interim government 
in the Middle East has the authority. They have taken over sovereignty just prior to July 1st. And while they have authority, all authority has been given to them on Section A of the USA Today today, one can find that the article reads that the Iraqi interim government has given authority or permission to the U.S. to take care of some issues in Fallujah. One could say that the Iraqi government has the authority to govern, but lacks the power. Each of us, as born-again Christians, we not only have the power to be strong in the Lord, but we have the authority. And the centerpiece of this chapter is where the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy, who was at Ephesus, and one of the main things that Timothy was addressing was unsound doctrine. And the Apostle Paul writes, which in his times, Jesus Christ, he shall shew who is the blessed and only potentate the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Potentate is the word for power. And in Christ Jesus resides the power. And that's very important. There is huge amount of power. And many times we have the power, just in some of the examples that we have. We have the strength. We have the capabilities. But not only is Jesus Christ our power, He is also the King of kings and the Lord of lords. With that power, this distinguishes Jesus Christ from every other God. He is not only all-powerful, He has only the power. He also has the authority to do what He wills because He does not draw His power nor His authority from any other person. And that's why we as Christians, we need to draw together, we need to draw in Him because only in Jesus Christ, only when we are in the centerpiece of His will, do we have all authority and all power. Potentate and King of kings and Lord of lords. The Queen of England has authority, but she has been stripped of all, virtually all, her power. Jesus Christ is no paper tiger. He has not only has the power, but the authority. And in Jesus Christ, we reside through the Holy Spirit living inside of us. We have so, such an, a huge amount of power. And yet the question comes, what are we doing with this power? What are we doing with this promise that Jesus Christ has given to us that He is the, the authority in our lives? He is the authority of the whole universe. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He has the power in whom who only, only He hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, the holiness that we have access to, no man can approach unto that light, yet we are able to whom no man hath seen, no human man hath seen, nor I can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting, everlasting, unfathomable, unquenchable, uncalculable power resides in Jesus Christ. Yet the question remains, why aren't we tapping and what keeps us from tapping into that power? And the Apostle Paul addresses that. And the first thing that the Apostle Paul addresses is what leads us away from the power of God, that leads us away from this potentate, this power and this authority that Jesus Christ gives us is what he addresses first in, in, to Timothy. In Timothy chapter 1, he, he says, neither give 
as I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge them some that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. The primary purpose of Timothy remaining at Ephesus was to quench, to, to eradicate, to destroy the false doctrines, the false teachings that were going on at Ephesus. That was a corruption of the truth and that caused them to swerve from the truth. As the Apostle Paul said, err from the faith. Many have erred, swerved, avoided, missed the mark. The idea of that erring is somebody when they shoot, uh, shoot an arrow at a barn, they draw the target around it after the arrow hits the barn. That's not the way the Apostle Paul wants us to do that. But the first issue that the Apostle Paul addresses is false teaching. Chapter 4, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, heeding, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. And he goes on to enumerate what that means. What was the false doctrine? And the Apostle Paul goes on in chapter 6 to talk about that. If any man consent, if any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and according to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud. These are the characteristics of those, and, and even in our own lives, where we can we cannot fully tap into the power of God to be strong in the Lord. These are the things that the Apostle Paul threw out. 1 Timothy addresses as giving huge pause to him that would limit us as born-again Christians to being all that God wants us to be. He is proud, arrogant, puffed up, knowing nothing, but doting about questions about questions and strifes of words. The word doting is kind of a, having a morbid fascination. Morbid fascination with with. Constant strife. And false teachers are constantly rubbing against each other, and not only that, against the truth. And then we as individuals, when we, when we succumb to our own opinions and our own surmisings and our own thinkings instead of the will of God, we start down this path of untruth. We start down this path that leads away from the potentate, from the King of kings, from the Lord of lords, the only one that has the power and the authority. Whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, and evil surmisings, evil suspicions. Lots of gossip going on, lots of talking, mostly even against Almighty God. Maybe questioning suspicions about people's motives. These are the characteristics, and this is what keeps us down as Christians. And this is what the Apostle Paul had to address with those at Ephesus. And wanted Timothy to address with those Christians there. If they wanted to be strong in the Lord, if they wanted to tap into that immortal life, if they wanted to lay hold, as the Apostle Paul said here, lay hold on eternal life, verse 12. Lay hold, not that he had, they had to earn his salvation, but lay hold, grasp all that eternal life has to do with. All the power that is here for us today. That power that God wants us to have, this immortality, this authority, and this power that comes from God, He wants us to have this today. 
He's going to give it to us. That's, a, that's an easy guarantee for us when we get to heaven. But today we have this issue. And sometimes, brothers and sisters, we wonder why many of our, our youth or our younger people or our children, uh, those that we pastor, that we teach, that we preach to, we wonder why they sometimes have a lack of interest in, in, in the fellowship, in church, in God. And we wonder, and then we sometimes, maybe we need to look at our own selves and see, do we see ourselves when they look to emulate us, the teachers, the preachers, the parents, do they see us as tapping into that power? Do they see us as running into that authority and using the authority that God gives us? Do they see that in us? Or or, or is that so apparent in us? Or do do we run down the path of false doctrine? Musings of our own opinions that lead to further things that the Apostle Paul addresses. Perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds meddlesome disputings of men of of depraved minds, corrupt minds, and destitute, devoid of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. False doctrine or or even a swerving of false doctrine away from truth, from the, the straight truth of God's Scripture of the Gospel that leads to, the Apostle Paul here said, that godliness is, or that gain is godliness, that worldly gain is godliness. There's a desire in each of us to fill our lives with something. We can either fill our lives with being strong in the Lord, with the authority and the power, the potentate, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, in whom only is immortality. We can either fill our lives up with that, or when we go away from the truth, when we swerve from the truth, what we head towards is we're going to be supposing that gain is godliness, that worldly gain. And we can read so many Scriptures in Proverbs where it does tell of that the man of God is blessed and and there is is such rejuvenation in the man of God. God keeps His path. And then we get the cart before the horse and then we start thinking that, well, if we've we've got many goods and many... If that's our focus and God blesses us that way and, and, and I use bless in quotes, then we are being godly. And the Apostle Paul says that we brought nothing into this world. We came not into this world. Not even, we, we didn't even come into this world with a diaper. I've been first hand knowledge of that with my newly born child. No diaper. Nothing they came into this world and we should be certain that we shall take nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. The minimal content level that we as Christians should have or should be happy with is that we have food that we have something to eat, and that we have clothing. That is the base minimum that we as Christians should have as contentment. And yet how much of our lives is is surrounded with earthly gain? There is nothing wrong with gaining goods on this earth. But the issue becomes is when we are better entrepreneurs and we are better businessmen and we are better uh, stewards of our own money in order to make it grow than we are of God's gifts, than we are of the immortality that we have in God, the power that we have in God, and the authority that we have in God. If we are better stewards of the earthly gifts, the earthly... uh, goods that God has allowed us to have, if we are better stewards of that, 
than we are of the power and authority that resides in Jesus Christ. We have swerved, we have erred from the truth. And we are, we are, when I look over our fellowship and our churches, we are, we are wonderful businessmen. We have, we have great talents in all sorts of fields. We have such great ability to, and businessmen, even those, it's amazing to me, those immigrants, my, my parents of which are one, but other immigrants that came and they just become ragingly successful in whatever field that they go into. Does that trans, transpose and go right into our godly living? Do we dwell in that light? Do we have that power? Do we have the power? Do we feel the power from God? Do we feel the authority in our lives? Are, are, is there a list of people that we can write down that we have brought to the Lord, that we've shared the Gospel with? Is there sin in our life that we have conquered just as well as we've conquered our balance sheets and our 401ks and all those things of which I also have? And they that will be rich, those that have a desire to be rich, not just those that are rich, those that will, that have a desire to be rich, that being their desire, Fall into temptation. And of course, we all say, well, that's not my only desire. That's just a, a little part. And we, we, we relegate it to, well, it's, it's no, no big deal. The Apostle Paul in this chapter focuses on it so viciously that we have to focus on it and look at it in our own lives. Those that desire to be rich at the expense of godliness, at the expense of what God wants us to do. I know of a brother years ago uh, out west that had the opportunity to advance in his career and would have had over a few years, would have had a 20-30% increase in his pay. But it would have, it would have uh, made him not be able to attend church as much, Sundays especially. And, it, and while that would have been great for his portfolio, from what I've heard, he decided because he would have to miss so much church and he would have to give so much of his time to his company, and he decided, at least for the time being, that that's not for him. And those of us who know that interest compounds, uh, uh, the earlier you, the earlier that you get it, the more it ends up at the end. That's a big sacrifice. Are we are we taking those sort of sacrifices and dwelling in the power and the authority that resides in Jesus Christ, being strong in the Lord? But they that will, that desire, that desire to be rich, fall into temptation and a snare. Snare like a trap that's, that's covered with, uh, with, uh, with leaves that you can't see. That's the trap. It's almost impossible. If you desire to be rich, you will fall into that trap. Many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, all sorts, all kinds of evil which while some coveted after, they have erred, they have swerved from the faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. False doctrine leads to confusion, which, brothers and sisters, then leads to desiring earthly gain because we need to fill our lives up with something. If it's not filled up with the power of God, if it's not filled up with the authority of God in our lives, 
abounding through those that we share the gospel with, abounding in our personal victory over sin in our lives. If it's not abounding there, it's going to abound in other areas. And one of the areas it's going to abound in is in our earthly gain. We will be good at what we're doing. The remedy is, but thou, O man of God, flee these things. Run away from them. Don't try to battle them. Those are earthly in things in us. Don't try to battle them. He says, flee them. Many times the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Here he says, flee these things. Run away from these things, these types of attitudes. Flee these things. But thou, man, flee these things and follow after righteousness. This is not the righteousness of Christ. This is our personal righteousness, the righteous acts that we do, the good deeds that we do, godliness, which is a good attitude, a godly attitude, piety, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. When we, when we move toward the light that we are allowed to approach unto through the Son, Jesus Christ, when we move toward that light, we gain that authority and that power that God gave us here on this earth. We have it in heaven, but God wants us here on this earth. If we want our children to remain with us, if we want this fellowship to be strong, they have to see in us that we're not after uh, earthly gain. They have to see in us that we have a, a high appreciation for the truth, for the God's Word, for His, His Holy Scripture, that we have a high appreciation, higher appreciation for God's truth than our own thinking and surmisings and musings and opinions. They have to see that. They're the greatest imitators, a little seven-month-old little runt. She is, is a great imitator. And I'm sure she's going to be a great imitator in the things that I don't want her to be a great imitator in. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Right now we have eternal life. Lay hold on it. Make that the foremost thing in our lives, Timothy is being told by the Apostle Paul to teach to the people at Ephesus, namely the Ephesians. But lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called, divinely called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that thou wilt keep this commandment without spot, without blemish, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then he goes into the centerpiece of this chapter, which in his times he shall shew, who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light, which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. Charge them that be rich in this world that they not be high-minded, nor trust in the uncertainty of riches. But in the, in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. That's the power that resides. All things God gives us to enjoy that are good. He's already given that to us. We can be content. Godliness with contentment. We can be content because if we are living in God, it doesn't matter. If we've got food and if we've got clothing, our base minimum. We can be content and then we can know that we can have the power and the authority through the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to do so many things. 
And then those that come behind us will see that we're serious about our faith, that we're serious about holding on to eternal life, that we're serious about this gospel thing, this message, that we are really serious about following Jesus Christ. They're just mimicking us. And when we tell our children, you know, pray about it and, and see what God wants you to do, and then, they, then God reveals to them that He wants them to serve in this kingdom and, and on and on, and, and there's no avenue for them, or, or they look in our lives and they don't see that. And we've swerved from the truth. But we need to lay hold on eternal life. We need to flee these things. Follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness, dwelling in the power of His might. They, that they do good, that they be rich in good works. Rich in good works. Those are the things that we need to be rich in. In good works that somebody could say, at this, this person is so devoted to his God, is devoted to his family, to his church, so devoted that he is rich in good works, in righteousness, righteous acts. And only when we are in the righteousness of Christ who died upon a cross, only when we dwell in Him, only when we are born again can we have truly righteous acts and righteousness. That we may be rich in good works. Are you richer in good works or are you richer in your portfolio? What's the thing that if, if the world were looking at that you would be more if we could say this, you would be more proud of. What's the thing that, that would be something that you would, that when you stand before God and, and He asks, uh, what, what did you do with the things that I gave you? What are we going to talk about? Are we rich in good works? Laying up in store, they that do good, let them be rich in good works. Ready to distribute, willing to communicate. Ready to liberally distribute what we have been given. Instantly, when we see a need, to be able to fill that need. And God can use the things that we have. And that's what we're going to be tested on. That's what we're going to be tested on at that judgment seat of Christ. That's what God's going to evaluate us on. On what He has given us, what have we done with it? There is where we're going to be evaluated whether we've been faithful, good and faithful servants or whether we haven't been that faithful or we haven't been that good. O Timothy, keep that which is committed in thy trust. Avoid profane and vain babblings, worthless talk, and oppositions of science, falsely so-called. Knowledge, uh, science can also be the word knowledge of, of other knowledge, other truth. Avoid these things. Other non-biblical doctrine. Avoid these things. Because what they do is they just gender humanness inside of us. They just gender us to want to run after things that aren't in the power of His might, aren't in Jesus Christ, aren't in the potentate, in the King of kings, in the Lord of lords. Those are things that when we err from the truth, when we swerve from the truth, when we deviate from the Scripture when we hold to our own musings and opinions and thinkings, 
Then we start filling ourselves with things because we have a desire to be filled with something. And Jesus Christ, through the Apostle Paul, wants us to be filled in the power and the authority of Almighty God rather than in our own selves or in the things that we are able to accrue. Which some professing have erred from erred concerning the faith. Grace be with thee. Brothers and sisters, we have all a power and we have all authority in Jesus Christ. There is so much energy, and we shouldn't be surprised when we see our young people with so much energy, energy and vigor for Christ. They're just doing what we are preaching and teaching them to do. But if they don't see that in us, they get disappointed, which is the least of our concerns. But thou, man, O God, flee these things. Follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Eternal life, brothers and sisters in Christ, is right now. Jesus Christ living inside us through the power of the Holy Spirit. That eternal life begins right now. We have all authority and we have all power to be strong in the Lord because of what Jesus Christ did and who Jesus Christ is. Our Father God, we come before you and acknowledge you as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. As the ultimate power and authority as the creator of heaven and earth. It's hard for us to comprehend, Almighty God, that we can approach your throne. That your awesome power and the light that emanates from you that no man has ever seen, that through your Son, Jesus Christ, we may approach your throne in boldness and in faith. Thank you for the reminder and for the message that was brought to us of looking at what we have accomplished. As the parable that you shared of the man that had so much, thought of a great idea of tearing down everything that he had, all the barns, too small. And that night, you approached him and said, You fool, this very night your soul is required of you. And then, who will take care of your possessions? Help us, Father God, to realize that our treasure is not on this earth, but in heaven. And that there is a foundation that is being laid in heaven. Of all the things that we amass, things that matter for an eternity, that aren't temporal, that are not here and gone tomorrow, but will last for eternity. Lord, we pray that we would take advantage of the message that we've heard this week that we have, that you would continue to speak to us, to reveal yourself to us as God Almighty, to reveal yourself to us to realize that our dependency is on you and that perhaps we're really good at amassing things for ourselves, but they won't last. They'll be stolen 
they'll be eaten by moths, they'll corrupt, they'll disappear, they'll vanish. Lord God, help us to hold on to the treasure that will last for a lifetime, that we would pursue with all vigor, righteousness, peace, and love, and that the barns that you've blessed us with, that you've given us, that we would take and give, the need is there. We don't need to search very far. Help us to have that giving spirit. Lord, that we would share the love and the grace that you've given us, that we would model to our children, to our congregations, to the neighbors, to those that come and visit our congregations, that it's theirs as well. There's no claim, there's no secret recipe that we hold. It's in your word and the power of your Holy Spirit that leads us to all truth. It's there. We pray, Lord, that we would not be a stumbling block, that we would not block the way from them seeing that. And so, Lord, we pray that you would encourage our hearts to continue on with the faith that you've placed in our hearts for the love that we have and the passion that we have for our Lord and Savior, and that we would release that to all those that come in contact with us, that they would see that you do make a difference, not only for today, but for eternity. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.